What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver and Gig Economy News, presented by UberLiftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, well, let's get it on. So, there's a, you know, most of the news floating around, I even said last week that it's it's kind of light because everything seems to be focused on AB5. So, um, one thing I want to talk about real quick here first, and then we're going to move into um, what I think is a really good piece, one of the one of the better better interviews we've had about this subject. So, but first, I want to I want to quickly discuss um, that the death traps are back. Yes, that is true. Um, Waymo, um, a subdivision of Alphabet, um, and their autonomous cars are making news again in Arizona, um, the Phoenix area to be exact. Um, they are operating to, is it their Waymo plus program or I can't remember what the name of the program is. Waymo one. Yeah. Waymo one customers. Um, they are giving, uh, they are doing about, uh, 1500, um, active rides that are driverless in the Arizona area. And by driverless, um, we're talking about no driver in the front seat as a safety driver again. Um, now, if you remember, let's go back a few years, Uber uh, killed a person in this same area. Um, so the obviously the autonomous division um, really likes Phoenix area, I guess, um, probably because... It's a very hot, dry climate, and we know that the LiDAR systems don't operate in the snow. We know left turns are a problem for autonomous vehicles. Bottom line is is that autonomous vehicles um, are nowhere close to being road-ready. They come, they pick you up at your door, they drive you to where you want to go. We keep, we keep talking about this because different autonomous companies out there keep pushing the limits by putting these things out there. And they actually have Waymo vehicles on the road for Waymo One customers who have signed non-disclosures. And that is not only a non-disclosure to not sue Waymo, it's also a non-disclosure to discuss any single thing that happened on the ride. And if you do, you will be sued. So it's a very strict non-disclosure. Sometimes those aren't as enforced as others, but in this case, they are. And Waymo does not want you talking about the door handles, how it felt inside, what the seats were like. You're not allowed to discuss anything if you're allowed to be in part of this program. Um, I know that right now, Waymo's, the news about these vehicles being out there is already turning heads in the Arizona area and it's making quite a bit of noise that nobody wants because every, everybody knows that autonomous is not here. So you should not be testing in a live town. Um, I'm sorry. We feel, I mean, we felt when, they, when the, when the uh, person was killed in Arizona a few years back, we thought it was odd that then in Pittsburgh the same thing happened. You know, I mean, like that should have, this should have been the closing down. And I've said multiple times, there needs to be a little, you know, all the autonomous companies in this game, because there's a bunch of them and they all have a lot of money, need to set up a little town in the desert that has no live people living in it 
and work from there. I mean, don't go to live cities. Um, as we know, you know, there was there was a time after the death in Arizona where people were standing on overpasses with cinder blocks and dropping them on the Waymo cars or shooting them with guns from the side of the road because they were so sick of these things being out there. So it's a big issue. Um, and, you know, personally, I... I don't think there's any reason that they should be yet. We know that the technology isn't even there for buses that only make right turns to do autonomous, that stay on a route. So how is it there for cars? Um, we know. We also know that the new Waymo cars that are on the road are already having major issues. So the people who sit in the, um, in the monitoring station, because there's not a driver in there, they're seeing all kinds of problems. I mean, we're not seeing that news but it is in the news that they are having problems. And that says a lot because that's supposed to be even more privy non-disclosure information. And Waymo, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. After Uber's mess-ups, I'm just surprised these these companies keep thinking it's okay to operate in, in cities where people are, where kids play. And, yes, I mean, the radius that we're talking about is a big area. I mean... They're talking about Chandler, Gilbert, uh, Mesa, uh, Tempe, uh, Phoenix. I mean, this is this is a big. This yes, there are kids. There's college kids. There's elementary students. There's um, neighborhoods and pets, and uh, it's ridiculous that they're doing this, especially given not one autonomous company has the is even close to a true autonomous vehicle. Now, right now, Waymo is training drivers who will, who will be in the front seat to take over in case of an emergency where the car malfunctions. Well, that's what we saw when Uber killed that person in Arizona. So now they're operating these vehicles and they're in Arizona and they're... No drivers in them, but they're training drivers to go back into the car for the next phase. So, okay. So, really, it sounds like they skipped a step because you should have trained these people first. The other thing is that we are watching a court case happen right now or about to begin in February. The pretrial just happened um, where the driver of the vehicle who of the of the autonomous vehicle that struck and killed the person um that person four, 3 years later is now being sued and Uber is taking no part of the lawsuit they are stepping away so it's the person who was who was I talked about this a couple of weeks ago that person who was driving who was the who was the person supposed to take over in case of emergency, no matter what the facts, no matter what the other facts are surrounding this, it doesn't matter. That person's being sued and Uber's not having that person's back. This person's going to lose everything if they lose this court case. So that'll be the end of everything forever for them. I mean, this is a many, many, many million dollar lawsuit. And this person is not a millionaire by any means. So we talked about this before. I don't understand what kind of people are signing up for this job knowing that these autonomous companies don't have their back, period. I mean, you probably have a little more weight than 
than a than a rideshare driver who's kind of left to their own devices unless they're in what's called phase three, actually picking up the passenger and having the passenger in the car until you get them to their destination where you have Uber and your, your commercial insurance combined to cover you for any problems. Phase one and phase two, phase one, you're not covered at all. Phase two, you're partially covered. And again, we're going to be having legal ride share on here next month to discuss this a little bit further because um, they have a good um, grasp on uh, phase one, two, and three. And I want to go through it now, especially in the pandemic, as it relates to um, Instacart and things like deliver, uh, delivery platforms like Uber Eats, Postmates, Scrubhub, DoorDash. Um, but, you know... Right now, they don't have you covered. And basically, Waymo has these cars out there, and they're already going to be moving to a next phase. Um, I guess we'll see how that goes. I, I, I'd love to interview, once they hire somebody, and I know that they'll be on a full disclosure, I'm sure if their passengers are, these people will be. But I would love to interview one of them. Um, or somebody affiliated, or somebody that's left, and non their non-disclosure has... Uh, Ended. Maybe maybe I'll reach out to David Pickerell with Autonomy.jobs, and uh, we've had him on the on the podcast a few a few times. And he was a um, an operational manager for Uber, and we've had you know he's been on the podcast three or four times, and he's doing good things these days. Maybe he can get us in touch with something related to the autonomous division with any one of these companies because I would love to have this discussion. On this podcast, not a podcast that um, is monetized and promotes a company that might be having autonomy. And when they're on there, they they give them the softball league questions. I'd love to I don't want to rip somebody, but I'd love to have somebody on here whose non-disclosure has ended and have a real discussion about autonomous because I've spoken to enough people off the record who are very high up in this game. And like I've said on the podcast before, we're 10, 15, 20 years out from even the most basic entry-level autonomous reality. So we're just not there. But for Phoenix, Arizona people, I, you know, I say watch for these cars. You see Waymo vehicles, white vehicles with green and blue writing that say Waymo. Videotape them and uh, send them to, or go to uberliftdrivers.com. And hit contact and reach out to me. And uh, I'd love to get even clips of just them driving, even if they're not doing anything wrong. Because things just aren't... It's it's hard to find these videos, and I, I want to find some. And I'm going to be looking to get in touch with somebody about this too. So there's some other news out there this week, but I'm going to go ahead and push it into next week. Because we've talked about AB5 quite a few times. On the podcast, um, we've talked about it with other rideshare drivers. I've had Marissa in here, who we've had on the podcast a couple times. I've talked about it with David, who's a former Uber uh, operational manager um, and was actually one of the people who started the Las Vegas uh, Uber when they actually were starting up there. So we've had this discussion. We've talked some AB5 but today, I'm going to step outside the boundary a little bit of rideshare and gig platform workers. I actually had um, 
Well, a very, you know, a very eye-opening interview with uh, Gail Gordon. And Gail is uh, the founder, owner, operator, producer, director of a nonprofit opera company in LA, in Los Angeles County. And she has had to fully shut down due to AB5. Um, I have her on because not only was I doing the interview for a piece that we're going to do the week before the election, so I think it's two weeks from now, um, on both sides of AB5, but it actually ended up being a longer conversation. And I, even though she's not in our direct industry, she very much exemplified and showed major, major issues with AB5, especially her being a nonprofit and this being an opera company. And I think when you hear the interview, you're going to, you're going to really catch some new insights on AB5. If you, if you've read some things or whatnot, this is a this is an interview you should really listen to and and listen to listen to the things she says and the and the restrictions she'd be under. And well, I think we cover a lot of ground in there, so I don't think I need to preface it much more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run that now, and then I'll come back on the other side, and um, and we'll see where we're at. But with that said, we're gonna we're gonna jump in here and. Uh, Bring Gail on the line. Hi, Gail. Are you there? I am here. Okay. Um, well, we have Gail Gordon on the line, who is uh, the founder of an opera company in the Santa Monica. Is it Santa Monica or the Santa Monica area? It's probably we're based in Los Angeles, but our main focus is Santa Monica. So L.A. County, let's say. Okay. And how many years have you guys been doing this? Um, or have you been is, doing this? This is my second opera company. I began my first one in 2000. Okay. Um, and then I, when I started the opera program at Santa Monica College, I stopped my own company and then began again in 2018. Uh, my first real season, inaugural season, was 2019. Okay. Um, but, I mean, but you've been in this industry for a long time oh yeah i sang professionally for about 20 years prior to that so i'm i'm up there i am in senior staff okay so i just want to yeah i just want to say correctly that um that you've you've owned operated produced and directed uh the opera opera company for you know and staffed it and you guys moved the venues to different venues in los angeles area and Correct. so you rent these venues, and it, it to me, it's. A, I spent many years as a manager and a bartender um, before I got into the gig economy too, um, and so it seemed it, it reminds me a lot of um, contracting musicians three nights a week. Yes, you know, just but I know you're doing it on a different scale because you have more performers. You have, you know, it runs for a longer time. I'm guessing. Um, um, actually, it's not long at all. We, oh, really? From beginning to end, it's a week. Oh, okay. And this is this is the one thing that probably upset me more than anything is, so we have five services altogether. So we have 
three rehearsals and two performances, and that all occurs within a week. And we're talking about 50 people on a full orchestra. So we have 36 players, and then the rest are opera singers, um, and I have my tech people. So I have a stage manager, makeup artist, and um, hairdresser, hairdresser and costumer. Well, how do you put the show together so quick? <laughs> you know when you've been doing something a long time? Yeah. You start with an idea and you go from there. But I, I want to say one thing that's really important to me. Um, my mom passed in 2018. Okay. She was a Jewish immigrant. My entire family um, had, where we were lucky enough, we didn't go to the camps. But um, so my whole family are, are Polish Jewish immigrants. And the reason that I started this company was became because I became very familiar with the uh, Recovered Voice uh, series that LA Opera had done. And I performed music that was by suppressed composers, suppressed by the Nazis during basically the 30s to um, from the 20s to the 40s. And so that became my focal point. So when AB5 awoke and stole our lives, it not only stole my ability to just put on operas, it stole a lifetime dream that I had in honor of my mother who had passed the year before. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's, it's crazy that you use the word awoke because I was going to run through the quick timeline how I, how I know it. And I've been, we've been following it on uberliftdrivers.com or, or, our news website for a while that um, like around last October you were hearing rustling and we knew about AB5 yes. we, we you know but then it seemed to like real quickly I mean like almost like on a weekend at midnight pass yes and I remember yes. this I remember this weekend that it when it happened because it was supposed to happen by Friday it was a deadline it didn't hit that deadline and then that Saturday night, Governor Newsom, and I believe Lorena Gonzalez and others. And Vina du Duval, let's not forget her name. Right. Okay. So they all got together and, and got this passed. And, um, and so after that, uh, it, it, was, it was law. And to me, it, it just made me think for a minute because I know that Laws happen that way in your state, in states. I'm in Colorado, you're in California, but I have, right. I'm in touch with a lot of California gig workers a lot. So um, I'm very familiar with your system as well. But it, it just seemed to me like now Proposition 22 is having to go back and allow voters that right to be able to vote on this thing that passed on a weekend that really most a lot of people I know I have a friend who lives in Nevada, California, for example. He didn't know until a month ago what he had never heard AB five, and he's an independent right. contractor who does um, compute high end computer work. And I was like, how have you not heard of this? So I, how I found out about it was my contractor who contracted my orchestra, um, who's also you know we're we're. Inter-involved inter with the unions. Our, our orchestra are probably mostly union players. They, um, you know, so we, we abide by union rules. So she said to me, you know, there's this thing coming up 
do we need to worry about it for my December show? And I said, oh, it's not going to pass. You don't have to worry about this. We're not, we're not in that, we're not in that strata. It's not going to affect us. Sure. Come February, I had to have a board meeting to tell my board members what this would mean for me financially. And they all voted to discontinue the season. And then the pandemic hit. Well, an AB5 became law on, what, January 1st, right? Right. And then I was supposed to have a show in May. We met in February when I realized how much additional money we would have to come up with in that short a time in order to, quote, unquote, become an employer for independent contractors that work for one week out of the year. Right, which is a which compared to some of the other interviews we've done is a is a much. I love getting these different perspectives because some of them are full time businesses where the story right. still comes across as they can show me their perspective because um, when AB five came into play in this and they changed the test to see if you were an independent contractor to the ABC test, mm-hmm. it became pretty much impossible to be to be an independent contractor even if by definition. You, your picture was in the dictionary as independent contractor. You couldn't be one. Right. Because there, right. Was, there was literally no way to pass the ABC test. No, absolutely not. And it's, I don't know any classical musicians who are able to survive on one gig a week. Then there's that other rule, the single performance. There's a single performance. Um, I'm missing a word. In the new abridged version, the AB2257? Correct. They are, we're not allowed to do more than one show per week in the same venue. So if you're touring, that's fine. But if you're a resident company, you're, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do about it. Sure. I mean, if you got everybody ready and you're relying on that week of money and doing six, five, six, seven shows, yeah, I mean... You're not going to be able to get by paying all your people with one day's work. No. Even the, even the, at independent contractor status, you wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> and I wouldn't get any ticket sales. I mean, you know, as, as uh, most of my money, because I'm a nonprofit, most of my money is raised through grants and fundraisers. Uh, but the ticket sales still do account for a portion of it. And so, well, that's ahead. it. Well, one one day of ticket sales is not going to pay for my costumes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not I'm not looking at your books, but that makes total sense to me. I'm happy to send you my return for this. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, trust it. me, I've I've talked to enough people where <laughs> I fully understand where the hit has been, and that during this pandemic, it could I mean, it couldn't have been at a worse time, right? Um, because I know people in other fields too, like. Um, the way I remember this is that AB5 passed and almost immediately, so we started almost immediately hearing the word carve out. Yes. And so we heard, you know, I remember almost immediately there was carve, what I, I consider there was three carve out levels. The first carve out level was like almost immediately like anesthesiologists um, because all of, almost 90% of them don't work for hospitals. They, they're independent contractors. Right. So they were only going to be able to be allowed to do a certain amount of procedures per hospital per year. So they were carved out. Then this was carved out. And in carve out one, it missed so many big things. Like I remember the biggest one that I know is I know a lot of reporters 
And each reporter mm-hmm. was only mm-hmm. going to be allowed to do 30 articles per publication. 35. 35. Yeah, 35 was the cap. But lawyers were carved out. Doctors were carved right. out. Right. They were all carved out in carve out one. Yeah, exactly. Right, Especially exactly. lawyers. Right. And then in carve out two, they, they got back to the writers and they actually started carving out a bit of that. But then you left out like, um, you know, uh, um, interpreters. Interpreters, uh, yes, interpreters. Which is a big, I mean, that's a, that's a huge, yeah, that's a huge growing thing. And huge. those people were totally forgotten about. I've talked to a few. And, um, I mean, they're really limited on, on what they can do as well. I, I know that with 1.5 million gig workers in California, there's... I mean, the major the major push behind this is unions. Not not Absolutely. the right, not the unions that that you work with necessarily. Not like ones who make sure that because I've done production work myself. Not the ones who make sure that you're safe on the job, and but the unions who have wanted a piece of this for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. The big, we call it the big union grab. Right, and so you know it's and then. It, the carve out three was AB two two five seven in my book, which right. was which almost was like rewriting it. I mean, because at this it point, it. yeah, I mean, at this point, you have you she, they had you you've carved out seventy percent of what you started with, which made it at least to me, and and I've done a lot of research on AB five and all this, and I got to say, and I've talked to a lot of people, and to me, it made me feel like. They knew, you, they knew this was going to happen. They knew these carve-outs were going to need to happen because you couldn't go after the gig economy and Uber and and rideshare and all those without kind of making it all of the independent contractors. So my question about all of this stuff is, who's paying whom? So who paid whom to get carve-outs? What, what union, what group, what organization you know, smeared somebody's hand to get these carve-outs. You know, I'm, exactly. I'm very suspect. So, me too, and we've we've had discussions on the podcast about this before, how I was, I was using um, an example about how uh, when I was growing up, and I'm in my, you know, I'm in my upper 40s, and when I was growing up, I remember... Oh, you're just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well... Um, but I remember that there wasn't big pharma, big all. I mean, there was, but it wasn't where the money was. I remember all the money was always big cigarette. It was, it yeah. was, it was yeah. Philip Morris. Yeah. You yeah. couldn't take them on. They had a thousand lawyers. American and, tobacco. Right. And, and basically if they were behind you, you were done. You were finished. Right. Um, so, you know, I know Lorena Gonzalez wants the AG position in California um, Not while we have breath in our bodies, <laughs> right? So that's kind of my point: is that I'm, you know, I wonder how many. We all know there was juicing going on between handshakes. So where it came from, I'm surprised that really that hasn't been brought out a little bit more. But um, I think the whole big thing that really slipped by me is how quick AB five happened. Like I knew about it, I knew about it, I knew I knew it was a thing. And just like all the things we follow, 
on our podcast, I was just kind of, it was on my radar. And then all of a sudden it was like, it was passed and it was a law. And I was right. like, what is going on here? And then now, I mean, you, you can't Google just the word gig without on the first page getting hit saying, you know, the decision of Prop 22 will decide the future of the gig economy. Um, I, what I, I was thinking about this earlier today when I knew I would be speaking to you. And what I honestly don't get is why the net was even cast. If they were so concerned about Uber, Lyft drivers, Postmates, DoorDash, all of the people who are just trying to make a buck like the rest of us, if they were so concerned with just those uh, organizations, why did they come after the rest of us? What in the hell is that about? I just don't get it. I'd, the only thing I've been able to come up with is that they couldn't do a bill that just went after gig platforms. They had to either go after all gig workers or none. That's why I honestly believe the carve-outs were almost planned. I mean, there's no way that they were going to say to an anesthesiologist, sorry, we're just going to cut your, your money into 20% of what you usually make a year. Right. But the AMA has a lot of money. You know, it's not like it's not like it's a poor organization. No, Just like, uh, right. You know, that the um, I also know that the strippers union. Yeah. Was has been working with Lorena since day one to get a, a, to make sure that they they have a carve out. Right. Yeah. So I know there are a lot of unions. Um, I don't know the photojournalists. I, I'm not very clear on the the different gradations of, of journalists that got screwed and who are still being screwed while the other ones are fine. I don't get where those divisions are made. The thing that I do know is that small business owners are eating in the shorts and EDD is coming after everybody. Yeah, I know that. Um, and Newsom is holding on to that $20 million, which people need for their livelihood right now because they took away our ability to make a living. Right. And they're going to come after these mom and pops. What the hell? I thought this is this is the United States. All right. of a sudden we're living in socialist Russia. <laughs> right. And, you know, when I back to news reporters, I know people who write for m multiple publications and they were getting yes. letters from like the Chicago Tribune. Well, that's probably not a good one because they're owned by a bunch of newspapers, but like the Miami Herald. So they were getting letters from them they've been writing for them for 10 years um and saying hey because of a recent law change in your state we can't have you writing articles anymore and that threw me too because i was thinking that's a paycheck coming from florida right why would that why would that even be affected here because nobody really understands the law so i think they're afraid to get connected with anybody in california we're like new virus. I mean, we have enough viruses going on now, right now. Yeah. California has its own unique little virus. And I understand that New York is next on the hit list. And there was one other state. I don't remember. I just read it last night. That um, also is going to be. It's, it's Washington. It's Seattle. Seattle. Washington. Well, Seattle, Washington passed the minimum standard pay. For gig workers, so now you have to be paid the floor payment plus expenses. But how does that affect? 
how does that affect drivers? If let's say they're making thirty dollars an hour plus tips, does that reverse their salary? I mean, I oh, understand. I can, I can I can already answer that. So in New York, you're talking about the legislation that'll take it a step further. Rideshare already got it handed to them last year in New York City. Right. So they already were told, you know, you have to be paying these people sixteen dollars an hour plus expenses. It came out to like twenty seven fifty an hour. Um, but the problem is, is that might have sounded great to people who haven't done rideshare. But I have friends who drive in New York City and who drive forty, fifty hours a week, and they would, you know, they would only drive when they were making forty to sixty an hour. So to them, it was like, well, that's all I'm going to get. And that is what happened. It wasn't like some hours they made more. They made the bare minimum every hour. And so the good drivers I know have just quit. They've just stopped out there because even though it sounds, again, like a lot, that you got to take the expense part out because you are putting wear and tear. You got to put gas in the car and all this, that, the other insurance. So the really, if you're counting the expense money as money you're making, you can't do that because all you're really making is the 16 an hour. And to that, I always put down the gauntlet, even with the California AB5 of, you know, if you if all you want are health benefits and minimum wage, go just go get a job. I mean, I've said this a hundred times. There's you can go get a job and be hired today and probably start tonight if all you're looking for is minimum wage. I don't know if I don't know if you agree with that or not, but even in California, I I would think that's the case. I mean, there's minimum wage jobs out there. And sometimes when a plane goes overhead, it takes us out at the knees. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what I, was, what I was saying is that I know there are a lot of moms, a lot of people of color that are a, a lot of... Um, Single moms who are who are taking care of their kids, who are taking care of their aged parents, who need the flexibility in their schedules. Right. And what I know about full time jobs, because I have had them, because I've been working since I was seventeen. Right. Um, you don't get that choice. No, and, and in fact, that's what I was getting to about the New York City thing is that not only did they lose that pay, I mean, some of the drivers I know, twenty seven fifty is half of what they were making. But it also became, you couldn't just pull out your app and turn on anymore. It was now based on how many rides you've done. It was a formula of how many rides you've done, how many, uh, what your rating was. And it kind of tabulated at what point you get to choose which four-hour blocks you wanted to drive that week. And I know people who were driving 40, 50 hours who were lucky to get 20 after this passed and they were getting crappy shifts they were being told where to be there's no more acceptance you don't get to look at it and go ah that feels a little sketchy right now i'm not going to accept that one you have to take every ride i mean people have to remember that it's with ab5 you're not just going to be able to flip on flip off whenever you want on the apps and, and make minimum wage. The, these companies have already looked at franchise models. I mean, you probably are aware that Uber and Lyft literally, and this it wasn't an idle threat. They were going to pull out of California until after yes. November 3rd, um, and California caved. 
that day and said, no, we can't have that kind of disruption in our system. Same with Elon Musk. When Lorena went after Elon Musk and told him to go screw himself. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, you know, it just, fe- it feels to me like it, like even the state on some level, I don't, I really don't know where all this is going because, you know, they talk about the 200 million it's costed for, or how much DoorDash and Uber and Lyft have spent on all the measures they've taken, but that's about the same amount it costs to get AB5 passed. I'm not surprised. And so really, I mean, we're, it's a, let's call it a wash. And for what? Because I feel like, you know, when Proposition 22 was first put out, it's, first of all, my dad taught me when I was young that when you're voting, always be careful with propositions because they're worded weird. So if, you're, if you feel like you're just not getting it, read it three times. If, you, if you're not getting it, vote no on it because you don't want to vote yes for things you don't, aren't sure about. So Proposition 22 came out and it was worded okay enough where you could kind of get it. Now it has a new wording where I don't have a ballot in front of me, obviously, from California. Oh, but- I- just dropped mine off. <laughs> but you, so you probably know it had a weird wording to it on Proposition 22. But, like, will Proposition 22 help you out? If, if it starts to cave in the feet of AB5 or a, AB2257, if there is sort of a backlash and maybe Newsom will wake up and realize that he's created a monster and it needs to be repealed, that's what we're hoping. And, you know, you, we've created uh, a fraternity, as it were, of, of gig workers, independent contractors. I know people now that I've never known in my life, and I would never know for any reason other than our common goal of repealing AB5. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I've met a lot of amazing people who may not vote the way that I vote. You know, a lot of them are Republicans. I've been voting Democrat my whole life. Sure. In this election, I'm still voting Democrat. In California, not so much. <laughs> I think there needs to be a balance in life. Yeah. We do not have a balance. This is the Democrats have run away. Like the, the, they've run away with the asylum. Yeah. Um. I definitely, I'm an independent voter, always have been, but I do it because I don't like mudslinging commercials. I don't like any of that. And like this year is a perfect example. We're not even hearing about what anybody wants. It's just what the other person does bad. I'm a big, I'm a big hater of that. (laughs) Like, so I go and always go to their websites and see what they stand for, you know, and I, I really... You know, I, I was joking around with some friends the other day saying that, you know, at, at debates and stuff, they need to start having lie detectors. Oh, absolutely. And just have them hooked up. And if you're not willing to be hooked up, then no debate. I agree. I agree. The, the fact checkers. The fact <laughs> right, but checkers. that would be the fact checker. Well, <laughs> I mean, it would right. buzz red. It would show you just lied live. <laughs> you know? So we... My husband and I watched The Circus. I don't know if you watched The Circus on um, HBO. And they had a big section on the Lincoln Project. Mm -hmm. And my husband turned to me and he said, if they become the third party, we are with them. Because we're sort of, we're not extreme right. We're not extreme left. I mean, when you get older, you kind of settle somewhere in the middle with, with social consciousness. 
Right. And, I mean, I pay a ton of taxes anyway, so, you know, whatever. But I, I want to know that I'm not being told what to do in a, in, in a free society. Sure. That I can, I can make my own choices based on the IRS, what's, what's real and what I'm allowed to do, and my consciousness, you know, um, hopefully social programs to help people out when they need help. You know, I think our healthcare system sucks. Yeah. I think our schools are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of things that need attending to. But don't take my livelihood away. No, Don't that's that's why away. that's why I was asking you if, if you thought if Proposition Twenty Two if yes mm-hmm. pa- if yes passes, which means they get exempt, right? Don't you think that the that the state would just let it go? Because at that point, really, this whole thing was to get Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash, and then you guys just kind of were the icing on top. All of these other independent contractor fields. I don't know the answer to that. Because I, 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 feel, I feel like AB5 was, it, it had to target all the independent contractors. It started getting the carve-outs. But it was really after these gig platforms. That's what it really oh, well, wanted. that we know. Huh? That we know. That right. Really so, I'm, about so I'm thinking if Proposition 22 passes, why would they stick with, like, so if Uber and Lyft and, all, and DoorDash... And all an Instacart and all these get exempt. Why would they even bother with a nonprofit opera house? I think it's a matter of at this point. I think it's a matter of like pride. Yeah, but I mean they're going to look. But those. This is one of those things where even if you even if you love Governor Newsom and you're you're no, in, I don't. No, I know not you. <laughs> but if somebody does, you would recognize that as hey man, fix this. Yeah. I mean, enough. You were after these gig companies. They beat you. Let this go. Stop punishing writers. Stop punishing freelancers. Stop punishing nonprofit opera house operators. I, I am praying that we get more conversation happening, that when Yes on 22 passes, that will allow us more more time to, to to be listened to. I don't know what's going to happen. She's you know, Lorena Gonzalez is is a heartless woman, right? And she gets paid a shitload of money from from the unions. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen what she gets paid. Yeah, it's we've seen. I've seen it too. <laughs> I've seen it too. I, I, you know, sometimes we can't see the full breakdown of where everything comes from, but it doesn't matter. We know what she does for a living. So, and that's not the that's not the pay rate for that job. <laughs> no. You know, so obviously, again, we're talking about groups that are are giving her money to have event, events and this and that that are way overpaid how it's always been, you know, just dirty. And I don't know. I, I, I definitely, from, from what I've been, from what I've been looking into though, I feel like if proposition 22 gets its yes vote, if it passes, okay. and I'm going to be honest here, like this is a worrisome thing, but at the same time, I feel like most people who know 
are going to vote yes on 22. Right. I really do. I feel like even maybe non-gig workers are going to vote yes on 22. So, but for some reason, however, and I feel like it was a very small group that started this AB5 thing too. Like when they say that drivers want this, I know maybe out of every 20 I talk to, not even, out of every 30 drivers I talk to in California, one wants it maybe. So what I was told by my driver friends was that it was an irate taxi company in San Diego that kind of got the feather of Lorena's butt. Now, I don't know if that's valid or not. Well, I mean, it probably probably is. The, the taxis have taken quite a beating. They've, they've taken it in the shorts, which is, which is unfortunate. But when you have a better model that's yeah. less to the consumer and you know what, how much it's going to cost you, I mean, this getting into a cab and not knowing how much it's going to cost you. Exactly. It's just wrong. It's and, just ripping off the, the community. And, and, I, and I've said this. We had a, I had a guest on about a couple months back, and we were talking, and he had brought up the taxi industry. And I said, you know, a couple things here. I said the taxi industry was dead long before Uber and Lyft. Right. People did not want to use taxis. They were calling friends to get to the airport. They were doing this, that, the other. They were traveling. They would drive when they didn't want to drive. People avoided taxis as much as they could. The taxi had already had its fallout. And that's why Uber started. That's why Travis started Uber. Because he saw that. He saw, nobody wants to take these. You know? smart. Right, exactly. They want to be in a clean car that, you know, and have a conversation with somebody and know who it is. Just, you know, people talk about it's not safe, but really we can look at, tra- at taxi safety and it's way worse if you go back in the years than, than rideshare safety. Oh, I remember. And getting into those cabs, especially in New York is where I became very familiar with cabs. They were nasty. Right. And, and the drivers would smoke, and it was just a whole other altered experience. Yeah, I mean, and there, and again, you know, I know that for the passengers on these platforms, it's one thing, but for the drivers, you it, you can hate Uber and Lyft all you want. I, they do a lot. I've been a driver for over six years, and to be honest, like you can hate a lot of things they do, but one thing that they do right. Although, you know, when you're starting, it kind of is a little harsh because you don't have a lot lot of rides under your belt. But the rating system is very good because you can't rate a taxi cab driver. You can rate an Uber driver and actually a few bad ratings and he's off the platform. So it has a way of weeding out the bad where the taxi industry never had that. You know, you could be the worst taxi driver in the world and still have your job. Right. Right. So I mean, unless unless you've created a committed a crime or something or whatever, but I don't know. I just I, I'm you're. I think you're the first nonprofit we've talked to too, and I'm just very. I'm I'm, I'm actually beyond mad at this point. I'm I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned why you would first of all why so many fall into the AB five category, but like why you do especially this is this is concerning. We're classical musicians. Stay the hell away from us. Exactly. I mean, basically, she's, you know, I mean. And you all pay your taxes. 
We, oh my God, we pay taxes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, as an independent contractor myself, I know this. Like, we all pay our, I mean, if you're not paying your taxes, that's a different story between you and the IRS. Exactly. You know, that's, that has nothing to do with states and what their model wants to be or whatnot. But we all pay our taxes, and independent contractors pay heavy. Yeah, we do. But and, at least we're able to, to have write-offs. Right. At least we're able, you know, to, I mean, I... I got away pretty well this year because I had so many expenses because of the opera company. But this year is going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, when you have nothing that you've been able to do and nothing you can write off, and I guess it's sort of a zero situation, but I don't know. I'm very concerned about all of it. Well, yeah, I am too. And, uh, I mean, the world or the United, the, all the states are watching. I mean, we, there, there's a bunch of other states lined up too that are watching this all play out to see how this ballot goes. You know, I mean, we've, we've watched California try and enforce AB5 and they can't with the gig companies, but they're, but they're doing it with you. Right. You know, they're, they're literally enforcing it with you, but they're not enforcing it with the, with the people they initially went after because they're like, Hey, Uber pay us AB five dues. And they're like, no, <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> we don't like that law. No. And so now they're fighting it. And I, you know, I guess it, it, it goes back to, I really am confused. I, I feel like this should have been voted on as AB five on this ballot, not a proposition to overturn a law that was done on a weekend, <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like your state didn't really have a say in AB five. We didn't even no, we didn't get to vote on it. Of course not. Right, and it just was law. January first, this is law. Okay, well, yeah, you just ended a bunch of careers. You just destroyed That's a bunch of businesses, much. and we know that the pandemic has destroyed a ton of businesses, but they destroyed it before that. And, and all the, the all the income that could have been going into the state of California, right? That would have been taxable income. Uh, they took away, and now they're complaining that they have no money, and they're they're blaming it on the government. Well, you know what? You took your own revenue stream away from starts from the start. Sure. So yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> Well, I mean, hopefully, I'm sure you voted yes on Prop 22. <laughs> oh, yes, with a big black marker. Um, a big black marker. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we will see that overturned. And I, I, I truly think that, I think that Newsom is kind of sitting there. See, he want, I think he realizes the bad spot he's in, but he won't be running for re-election. So... Does he care? <laughs> I, mean, um, I guess what I'm saying is I, I think that he's sitting there realizing, because I remember when all this was going on, it was coming down. I mean, it, like everything, it comes down to who do I have more of my supporters for or against AB5? And that's how he makes his decision. It's sad, but it's true. You know, that's politics. Right. I mean, it, it had nothing to do with how Newsom felt after reading materials and things. It just came down to a head count. Who's for AB5 in my, in my group? Who's not? 
And he's, you know, obviously there was more people in favor of it. He went with it. But I think even he's regretted it. I mean, you, like you said, lost income. There was the EDD or uh, the um, unemployment website, you know, during the PUA system being down and having to include all these people and all the gig platform workers around the around the country, but then all the freelancers and all of you guys too. And it just, I mean, it's gotten so bad that I can't see how, even though I don't think he does that great of a job, I don't see how he didn't notice that that was just a failure, failure, failure. I, you know, and he's a businessman. I mean, that's, he left his winery open during the pandemic. I mean, we all know about this. You know, he's he has his own business. Why would he not think that this was going to come and bite him on the ass? Right. And then the, the, the fees that EDD is creeping up onto these poor people, twenty two fifty a person. Right. For penalties. Anyway. Yeah. This is let's, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will see what happens. Next time we speak, I'll be cheering and drinking something really lovely. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's what, and that's what the, you know, that's what the other states who, you know, we have worldwide listenership, but we definitely have all over the country. And I get people asking me from all the, most of the states about questions about AB5, and they weren't before, but the last month or so, they've really been all over it. Like, hey, what's up with this? Is this real? Is this. Is this going to hit my state? And I'm like, if this goes in California and the model shows anything that that other states like, absolutely. Depends on your state. They're going to go after it. Yeah. If, if Mitch McConnell, as his last act as a treasonous human being, <laughs> please, please knock down pro-act. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean... We just I, this. I mean, to me, this needs to get under control. Independent contractor. Um, it starts with an M. I'm forgetting what it was called before the ABC test. Uh, oh, 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 Dynamics. Right, but the like the Maillard test or something. Oh, Barillo. The Barillo. I'm sorry, the Barillo. The Barillo test was a like that actually made sense. You could prove yourself to be an independent contractor. The ABC yes. test. I've thrown every th- independent contractor thing I can think of at the ABC test. It can't pass. No. Mm-mm. You can't pass it. So, I mean, why even have it? You should just say independent contractors are illegal now. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what happened. Right, exactly. And I don't think people are hearing it that way. And we're just trying to make sure that, you know, people know that, you know, this is what it is and that people like you are affected. Who absolutely, yeah. you know, if I'm going to, like, so far, you're one of the, you're going to be up in the top people. I would say, why is she affected? This is a nonprofit. It's an opera group. It's, oh my God. I mean, and it's arts. I mean, the arts already are getting a beating. Stop. <laughs> so I I have had direct contact with Ms. Gonzalez. Oh, she yeah. doesn't give a shit. She doesn't give a shit. I know. I know she doesn't. And in fact... I found it uh, very odd that Twitter have has that new way of, like, Lorena putting out a post, but you can't reply and, to it. And then blocking it, yeah. Unless she's approved you. It's like, to me, it's like having a private conversation behind closed doors in a public forum. It's kind of auto-erotic 
much for her, I think. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, you know, I don't want to have to read your stuff. And, and don't do it on social media if, if, if the other side can't comment. That's just ridiculous. I mean... She's a pretty ridiculous person. Yeah, I mean, the more I've learned about her, it seems like, you know, it seems like she's just all about pushing... To, I think she's all about pushing to that AG position. And she's trying to get her ducks in a row, well, but I hope to God you guys never elect her because I don't, I think she would honestly just be a disaster as an attorney general for California. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody of, you know, obviously my group is, is a very specific group, but I don't know anybody who would vote for her. No. She's a nightmare. Right. As a human being, she has no soul. She has no conscience. She doesn't care about anybody but her her own uh, her own issues agenda. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, it's too bad, and hopefully, all this gets shot down. I think that it was a big sign that AB five had to carve out, carve out, and then turn into AB two two five seven. And I mean, we're just we're seeing clues that this was a mess from the beginning, and even outsiders, people not in California, are seeing that. I mean. You know, you know, people have been hurt in this. In New York City, is the only one that even has gotten close to something like this, and people only got hurt, and their careers were wrecked. So we've already seen it play out in that scenario. If the whole state of California goes to it, I don't understand how they think financially that's going to help California one bit. I mean, I want it to help you and other people, but I also don't see how it's going to help the state at all. No, it's not. So. Oh, we just keep losing money. So to all of us independent contractors who want to remain that, fingers crossed that it doesn't pass. And, uh, yeah, we ran a little over, but uh, thanks for your time today, Gail. I really. My uh, pleasure. You know, I like getting insights from all you people, and I'm, I'm, I've been learning a lot and how much this is hurting how many people. I appreciate you taking the time to discuss this topic. It's yeah. really important. Well, thanks for uh, being on, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot. Be Bye. well. Bye. As I said at the beginning of the program, um, I know that that wasn't a rideshare or a gig-related, uh, gig platform-related, sorry, folks, um, interview, but I think that it was very enlightening. I think of all the discussions we've had on the podcast, I think that really, really – brought to light a lot of issues that we face with AB5. Um, so again, you know, we've got all the, the country, every state is watching California to see what happens, what happens with with the rideshare and gig, plat, gig platform workers, but also, you know, all these others affected. So, you know, I guess we're going to see, as Gail and I talked about, what will Prop 22 do if if the yes vote pushes it forward and the gig companies, gig platforms become exempt from AB5. Does AB5 or now AB2257 become diluted? Is it just a wash and it gets called? Because it would be very hard for me to understand how that law would stay in existence if Prop 22 passes. Because people like we, like I was just speaking with Gail, who of all people should not be affected by this. I mean, I think that everybody listening, pro AB5 or anti AB5, 
you should see that this person, Gail, and her nonprofit should not be affected by this law. Period. I mean, no matter what side of the fence you sit on on this one, and as you all know, I try and take, I try and show both sides of everything, but this is a hard one to see the second side on. Um, to me, you know, nonprofit right off the bat became, I mean, that's, those should have been in the carve outs. Why go after an opera company? She's already ha- having to deal with this in real time. I mean, this isn't, you know, what will happen. Like the rideshare companies who are not obeying AB5 and are saying, no, we're going to wait for the vote. And then when they, when push came to shove and California said, okay, well, you can't operate after midnight tonight. And their response was fine. We will be closed at 11.59 p.m. tonight. And then an hour later, the state of California came back and said, well, let's just wait till the vote. You know, and I know there's court cases and things coming up, but that's essentially what happened. They, California threatened the rideshare. The rideshare said, we'll just leave until after the vote. And California came back and said, wait, we can't have you affect our economy like this. However, they have the time to go after a nonprofit like Gail. I don't think so. <sighs> Crazy times. Anyway, folks, um, next week uh, we don't have any guests, and we will be back with uh, just a week of news. And we will pile on the news that I had from this week, too, so we'll roll through a whole thing. But I thought this was a very important piece to play the in, in, in its entirety. And... Uh, I thought our discussion really brought out a lot of issues and and things that people should know about. So hopefully you agree. Hopefully you learned something from this or hopefully you can at least see why there, even if, even if you're pro AB5, anti, wherever you sit, you should be able to see why there are major problems with this law. There are problems with it's been carved out three times. There are problems with the fact that, uh, you know, this this very much seems like um, a big money push to Lorena Gonzalez to, to get her into her AG position and make her a lot of money in the meantime. I mean, we've all seen it. It's out there. You can Google it or you can get, it, get on Twitter or any of the social medias and look up Lorena Gonzalez. And if you, you might find some groups are locked down in Facebook. Um, but on Twitter, they're not. And you'll be able to find documents that actually show you what she makes in a year. Now, as an assemblywoman, I don't, or I'm going to just say this. I, I know for a fact that's not the salary. Um, I'm not going to give out a number here, but you're going to see how it's not even close to a salary that an assembly person would make in any state. That said, we're going to wrap it for the week. Um, I've been an hour here. I'm just crossing over. And uh, be good to one another. Do something good. Do a, do a neighbor a favor. Um, call an old friend. Uh, see if um, somebody needs, you know, if you're doing a grocery trip with all the COVID cases going up. Um, see if uh, your neighbor just needs a couple simple things. If you're making a big uh, store trip. Um but try and do something good. Try and do something positive for yourself. Um, I know these stay-at-homes are coming back a little harder in, uh, in a lot of states. And make sure that you're finding ways to exercise and uh, keep your mind out of the news. 
you know um if you if you really need to keep up then maybe like i said last week try newspaper and stuff um i'm trying to keep away from most tv stuff i i do find myself needing to catch up a little bit so there's a couple things i watch but i'm i'm trying to um you know uh grab a newspaper if i'm if i'm buy one or something and that's not something that i always did but um it's a much easier way to digest the news. I really think it is. And until this election passes, unless you really love um, one side or the other just going at the other sides without telling anybody what their platform is about, but just attacking each other. So just bringing out negative energy in us during a pandemic, which none of us need. Our systems are already in overload. Um, you know... Try new things. Maybe try and step away from the news a bit if you can. Um, and uh, stay safe. And I'll see you back here next Tuesday or next week on the Rideshare Rodeo. Peace!